Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by alumnus of Sacramento State. He's an author, actor, writer, and producer. Now, Senior Director of Communications for Crackle Plus. We welcome Chris Wolseley. Sean, thank you so much for having me. This is amazing. Easily the high point of my week. Thank you, sir. Let's go beyond the mic. Chris, when you were at school at Sac State, did you ever think your degree in environmental studies would ever get you where you are today? Boy, let me tell you. So I was a double major, environmental studies and theater. While I loved both the programs there, I wasn't entirely sure what it was I was going to do with either of those degrees once I actually got out of the hallowed halls of Sac State. And it was quite a circuitous journey to get to where I am today. If I was supposed to plot it on a line graph, I'm not sure I would have been able to do that. You have so many programming teams that you work with, with Chicken Soup for the Soul, Red Box, and Crackle. How do you balance them all? And what are the benefits of each for the viewer? That's a great question. I appreciate you asking that. So yeah, each one of them is sort of has its own focus and our, our amazing programming teams sort of gear up every month to bring titles that make sense for each of those. So Frackle, while it's been around the longest, tends to have more of a television focus. So we've got a ton of classic TV shows on there. And then, you know, we get a lot of recent shows that have just come out of syndication. Frackle tends to be TV centric. Then we have Redbox and Redbox, since they have such a great relationship with all the studios, and a lot of times Redbox will get first run films that either have just left or in some cases are still in the theaters. And Redbox is the only place that you're able to watch them other than, you know, taking your entire family down. And if you're lucky getting out of there for less than $100 to watch a film, or you can go down to your Redbox kiosk and for just a few bones you can bring home some of the most recent films and you could watch it in the comfort of your own home and not get charged ten dollars for popcorn so Redbox tends to lean a little more movie centric and then of course chicken soup of the soul you know uh, so many people know them from the beloved book series that have, have been on the new york times bestseller list for for the last 30 years when they chose to open their streaming service, they aimed towards a female-centric audience because they felt like, like that audience was largely being ignored. But when most people think of programming geared towards females, a lot of times they'll think, oh, cooking shows, home and garden, that kind of thing. Well, there's a lot of really interesting information when you really dive into what women like to watch. And, and while it is true that those things are, are definitely there, I learned that the largest audience for crime content is actually women. It blows your mind, doesn't it? It does. It does. And it's and it's by a landslide, actually. I, you know, started thinking back and I'm like, well, yeah, I think my mom is actually technically a New York detective at this point. She has watched so much true crime content on ID that I think she actually gets gets called from police departments to solve crimes at this point. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's very interesting. So Chicken Soup of the Soul, while it is female centric, there there's a a wide spectrum of content going on there. It's not just your run of the mill what people think of in terms of, of female programming. My wife loves ID. Who doesn't? What's your favorite perk at your job? 
My favorite perk of the job, one of them is being able to talk to people like you, because I love talking to people who love film and television. And so it's it's really fun. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll go to parties and, and there's nobody there who wants to talk. You know, they want to talk politics or they want to talk whatever it is they want to talk. And, and really, I'm there to talk about film and TV. And so sometimes uh, it can be frustrating, but then... I get to come to work and I get to talk to people like you who have a passion for the entertainment industry. That is one of the greatest things. And the other, I would say, is getting access to a lot of these titles before they they go out. So I actually get to watch everything and know, get to be on the inside track, as it were, about what's coming down the pipe. So that's always exciting. I'm so shocked that Hollywood people don't want to talk about TV in Hollywood. <laughs> You co-created the Redeemed campaign to sell t-shirts to raise money for Compassion International, which helps children in poverty. How did that moment change you forever? I spoke as an advocate for Compassion International for over a decade. I can say firsthand what that organization, and in all fairness, uh, many organizations like them, whether it's World Vision or, or any of those child advocate organizations that are well run. But what I can say firsthand is the impact that Compassion International really did have on children. We went to Ecuador driving from the airport to the missions was was actually very depressing. You would see so many kids on the streets, so many kids that clearly didn't have a home or an education or hope. And we pulled into one of the Compassion missions and the kids came pouring out the door and they were well-dressed and well-fed and had just gotten out of class. And they were so excited to talk to you about what, what their hopes were for the future. These kids had hope, they had a future, they had a plan, and they had the tools because of what Compassion International had given to them that they were going to be able to achieve those goals. And so I, I've got to say, speaking for that organization was one of the greatest blessings of my life. And I continue whenever I have the opportunity to do so. Chris Woolsey from Chicken Soup for the Soul, Redbox and Crackle joins us beyond the mic. And Chris, you can't escape it. It is time for the Rocky Nate. It's eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. Uh, then why am I so nervous, Sean? <laughs> I can help you with that one. Crackle TV show you first binge watched. That would be startup. Topic you had to let David Madelon cover in your book, The Concise Guide to Sounding Smart at Parties. The history of rap. What? Yes. Really? He had a much deeper understanding of the history of rap than I will ever pretend to. What is your favorite secret obsession? Uh, the Loch Ness Monster. Nessie exists? I believe it is a definite possibility that there is something anomalous, a cryptid, if you were, of some sort in that lake. Chris, have you ever played the bongos? Mm, yes, in a drum circle in Nashville, Tennessee. Who do you like more, Salem the Cat or Nick Bakai? Nick Bakai. I just like saying that name, Nick Bakai. I just, I think he's bad. If you could choose your last words, what would they be? Welcome me into my eternal rest. What is your typical In-N-Out burger? Oh, goodness. Okay, so a double-double with grilled and raw onions. Very underrated. Yes, d double up on the onions. Uh, my wife does the same, so it's, it's okay. We just repel each other. 
with a strawberry shake. And I know a lot of people bag on them, but if you eat the fries right out of the hopper, they're really good. What's the one thing you fear might change you? Success. But thus far, it has not been a problem since I've avoided it. So, so elusive. If you're enjoying these conversations, please check out another Beyond the Mic episode to find more actors, artists, and people you need to know. We'd also appreciate a like and subscribe on the Good Pods app. From Chicken Soup for the Soul, Red Box and Crackle, it is our friend Chris Woolsey, Beyond the Mic. Chris, how did your time at Pivot Chair get you prepared for Crackle? Oh my goodness, that is a great question. Pivot Share was fantastic. Uh, we had an amazing team there. Ryan Ford, Adam Awesome, uh, Justin Fujita. And it, it was interesting because I did not know that much about technology. I, as I kind of alluded to earlier, I sort of stumbled backwards into this career. I worked for a startup in Orange County that won TechCrunch Disrupt. And because I was working for them, I was able to parlay that into a job with PivotShare, but I didn't have a ton of experience. And so what I really appreciated about being at PivotShare and what I continue to appreciate for what I was given in that opportunity was I got to learn from some of the kindest people, the people that I just mentioned, and I got to learn about technology and the, the startup industry and the tech industry in a way that was was just a, a wonderful introduction. And I got to get my feet wet. I, and I also, because it was a startup, I was able to wear about 10 different hats, as you often do. And so I would never really get sick of anything because by the time I was doing something for more than 10 minutes, it was time to jump off and do something else. So that was wonderful. And then, of course, kind of sharpening my teeth on on the PR world, getting to learn the ins and outs of you know press releases, meeting amazing journalists like yourself, and just what what exactly they're looking for and and how I could provide that for them in a way that was going to not be burdensome. I think being there, the most important thing I learned was that this can be a symbiotic relationship that uh, journalists need content. And obviously people in the PR world need to get that message that they're the, for the companies they're working for out. And if we work together and do it smart, we can both come out ahead at the end of the day. That was kind of where the big takeaway from that. Mobile Pay USA is still on your LinkedIn. Oh, is it really? I need to look at that. I, I did. That company hasn't existed for so long. My goodness. Who's the one teacher that changed the way you see the world today? Oh, I would say Doc Larson, who was my uh, screenwriting professor, playwriting professor in college. He was just a wonderful man and was one of the first professors that really encouraged me in terms of being a creative person and the idea that that I could maybe make a living in the entertainment industry. And he was just a lovely human being and, and really treated me like somebody with that he felt had potential as opposed to just another student that he had to get out the door. Lifelong friendships show a person that believes in relationships. How did your junior high friend Matt Woods make you a better person? Wow, that is hilarious that you, man, you really do your research. That's, this is incredible. Matt Woods is a phenomenal person. In fact, he and I just reconnected, as people often do on social media. 
I actually got to have lunch with him recently. He and his beautiful wife and their adorable child came out to Santa Monica near my office and we got to have lunch last year and it was just incredible just reliving so many great memories and he and i are big nerds we did comic book collection together and baseball card collections and he's just a a fantastic person and he's reminded me because he got to the parenting game a little later than i did just the joy of parenting that i see in him and He's a, a wonderful friend, and I'm, I'm lucky to count him as, as one. Chris Wolseley from Chicken Soup for the Soul, Redbox, and Crackle joins us beyond the mic. What's the one thing you wrote as a freelance writer that one day, if everything goes right, one day you'll see it on the big screen? Well, we wrote, uh, Dave Madelon and I, who wrote the Concise Guide to Sounding Smart at Parties, he and I wrote a screenplay called An American Game. We're both big baseball fans. This is a a screenplay that was based on true events, although the actual events of the screenplay never actually happened in history. But it's a team from the North and a team from the South decide that they're going to play a game of baseball instead of waging a bloody battle. But they have to keep it from their commanding officers, who will, of course, veto that decision. It's really a story about the country coming together. While they're on these opposing sides, there's some um, events in the screenplay that cause them to actually have to play on the same team together against a common enemy. It's probably the best, I think, the best thing I've ever written. I hope someday a producer will read it and see the potential uh, for a period baseball film that uh, I think is a story that needs to be told. How has on-demand television changed the way you see it and feel about it? That's a great question. Well, you know, it used to be that a TV show or a movie was going to be at X o'clock on such and such a date. And if you weren't there to watch it, then you missed out. And now with on-demand, for good and for bad, there's basically an endless supply of content that you can watch at any time. And so, you know, we have the sort of the binge phenomenon now where um, you find a show that you love and you decide that you're going to binge all the way through and you're going to watch every episode. We, uh, as an example, we have uh, Sherlock and we have the exclusive access on demand for the BBC uh, series Sherlock. And I watched the first episode, not really knowing that much about it. And before I knew it, it was morning and I had watched four seasons of it. You know, there's something wonderful about that. I love TV because you get to extend this arc that in a film you you get, you know, 90 to 120 minutes to uh, experience the arc of this character. But with TV, you can spread that obviously over over years. And it's fun with on demand to be able to experience that arc in in a way that doesn't take years to get through, but you can actually go through it through the on-demand experience in in a quicker amount of time. But that's uh, that's just one of the many great things about on-demand. Chris, when did you fall in love with your wife, Nicole, and how did she change you? Oh my goodness. I fell in love, you know, like with a, a lot of people, it came very unexpected for me. And we were friends for a number of months. I was dating somebody else. We were just friends and she was in my class and I I was going to take 
another theater class the next semester. And I told her, oh, I'm, I'm taking lighting next semester. And she said, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. I'm going to be in lighting as well. And then she left that meeting and went down to the registrar's office and changed her schedule so that she would be in lighting. And lo and behold, I showed up. <laughs> that semester and there was my wife uh in the class and you know so exciting and um i just remember we we were supposed to go see a movie with a bunch of other students and nobody else showed up but she and i and to this day she doesn't believe that i didn't orchestrate that but we were going to go see the brady bunch and i don't know if they read reviews and were not excited or what but we were the only two that showed up and so it ended up being a, a date that neither of us expected and at the end of that i i thought wow i enjoyed the last two hours more than i enjoyed the last two months with you know this other person that i was dating that was kind of the moment I went, there might be something special here. And there was 25 years later. What's the one job you put up for? You're glad you didn't get. Oh boy. Produce manager at an Albertsons in Sacramento during college. Interesting. Yes. I was asked to leave the produce department. <laughs> Especially since you were once the Foursquare mayor of Sprouts in Culver City. Well, I don't like to brag, Sean, but, you know, I, that's so funny you bring up Foursquare. I was just talking to somebody. I met somebody that works for Foursquare, and I was like, I don't want to be insulting, but I didn't even know it was still around. Like, it was crazy. Who's the one person you worked with that it was the hardest not to fanboy over? Oh, boy. I got to say, we just got done working with Casper Van Dien, and I have never worked with a celebrity who is nicer, funnier, or more hardworking than that guy. It was such a great experience, and I think I'm a bigger fan now after I've worked with him than I was before. You could have been a lawyer. You've tried to bike 8,000 miles. How has overcoming adversity made your life worth it for you? Uh, that's a that's a really great question. And it's something I try to talk to my kids about and myself, actually. I need to remind myself on a daily basis that, and I know this isn't a, an original idea, but the journey is what this life is about, not necessarily the end result. I, there's been a lot of people I've known that have uh, been handed things on a silver platter, and I'm not sure how much appreciation they have for that. I know for myself, the fact that I've really had to work uh, and overcome a lot of challenges in my professional life to get to where I am now that I think makes me really appreciative for who I work with, what I do for a living, the journalists like yourself that I have the ridiculous privilege to get to talk to every day. All of those things that, you know, had I had a different experience and a different path in life, I might not have the appreciation for them that I do. And I just know how hard it is to have a career in the entertainment industry, whether that's from the performance end of things or the writing end, producing anything. It's, it's a difficult business. And so to be able to have a job in an industry that I love and to have overcome a lot of adversity and challenges to get here, I hope makes me continue to appreciate what I do for a living and the life that uh, I've been given every day. 
Chris Walsley from Redbox Crackle and Chicken Soup for the Soul joins us beyond the mic. Chris, you once tweeted, quote, I was going to be a youth pastor, but my dream was crushed when I realized I was born with a handicap that leaves me unable to grow a fauxhawk, unquote. Did you pass that down to your children? I did. I did, actually. Yeah, my, my, my daughter definitely has a difficulty growing a fauxhawk as, as well as my son. Yeah. What's the one big question you didn't have a chance of getting answered when you were on Zach and Pete? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I would say the question of uh, how in the world can we make money off this thing? <laughs> we um, So my buddy Ryan O'Quinn and I uh, wrote and produced and starred in Zach and Pete. And we just did it because we uh, it was fun. And, and we were performing at the time at... Uh, youth conferences all over the country, you know, the kids would, would ask us what, what TV shows and, and, uh, and movies that we'd been in. And then they always wanted to buy them, but we were like, well, you can't, cause we can't sell, you know, the DVDs of the movies and TV shows we've been in. So we were like, well, we should record our own and we should just start selling these at the events. And, you know, we, we did, and it was very fun, but you know, we, we only shot three episodes, I think. Uh, but yeah, it was a blast. And we're still friends to this day. It's time for one big question with Chris Wolseley from Crackle, Redbox, and Chicken Soup for the Soul. Chris, as segmentation of the content market becomes more divided, tons of channels, but you can even swing a bat, hit someone doing a podcast. How do content creators break through in a world with short attention spans? That's, that's a phenomenal question. And I think it's a question the industry is asking itself right now. I think we've, we're, we're at a point where we've never had this much content in the history of entertainment. And right now there's a bit of a struggle as to how do we differentiate? You know, people talk about scroll fatigue on Netflix. You get on Netflix and there's 10,000 titles, but I can't find one thing I want to watch. And so what we really try to do with Crackle and Redbox and Chicken Soup of the Soul is we try to have an experience where we we help the viewers with that. So from the minute they hit our landing pages, it's a curated experience. And so we're trying to say, hey, this is the best and the brightest that we have this month that you may not have seen. So whether it's Sherlock or um, you know, this month we have the 2015 vacation uh, reimagining with Ed Helms and Christine Applegate. It's a, it's a great film. So if you're looking for comedy, we have that. We have Ghost Wars, which was a sci-fi channel original. So we dig up all these gems that we think may have been glossed over at some point, And we try to present those to our audience in a way that they go, oh, yeah. You know, it, no matter what you're looking for when you come to one of our streaming platforms, we hope that we've made it easy for you to find something that you and your family would like to watch that evening. And so we we have a lot of different genres, but I think really the care, uh, creativity that our programming team and our, our uh, marketing team takes to try to help people find an easy way to figure out what to watch because i i've experienced exactly the frustration of everyone else going how in the world is there nothing on here with ten thousand titles this doesn't make any sense i think curation and always keeping the audience first and foremost as opposed to oh that, wouldn't that be cool if we had this title or this title it's like well yeah but let's look at what we do have 
And let's put that together in a way that makes sense so that when people come to our channels, it's easy for them to either find Ripper Street from BBC or a Godzilla marathon, like whatever, whatever it is that they're looking for. Uh, we've got it for them. He was once the Foursquare mayor of Sprouts in Culver City, dressed up for Halloween as Ted Lasso, cries during Rudy, and remains sane during the quarantine because of hot sauce. He wants you to check out the great shows on Crackle, Redbox, and Chicken Soup for the Soul. Chris Wolseley, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Sean, this has been a ridiculous pleasure. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to come back. You are always welcome. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic. Beyond the Mic.